0: The New England Patriots were defeated by the Miami Dolphins 20-7 on Sunday. And the offense did not perform well. And there are a lot of Patriots fans out there who are really concerned for what this offense is going to do this season. Now, many people are really skeptical of Bill Belichick's decision to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. Now, Matt Patricia, believe it or not, does have a background on the offensive side of the football. During his collegiate career, he was a offensive lineman. I believe he played center and guard. So it's not like this dude never played and has no experience on the offensive side of the football at all. And then on top of that, with him having so much knowledge on the defensive side of the football, Bill Belichick is probably thinking, hey, so I mean, you're calling plays and you also have a high IQ for the defensive side as well. So you should understand what defenses are trying to do and the best ways to attack them. So I can kind of understand the thinking there if, You know, that was one of the reasons why he decided to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. But when you look at the play calling, I honestly don't think it was that bad. And many of you guys are probably going to disagree with me. But if we're being fair, the play calling I felt was pretty solid. I think with the Patriots, there were a lot of opportunities that they missed when it came to not being able to hit on some of the big plays in the passing game okay you had Mac jones and some of these wide receivers just couldn't get the timing right on some of the throws downfield some other additional throws Mac jones was not able to hit so I just feel with this offense, I don't really think it's a play-calling thing. I honestly just think they're a little bit out of sync right now, and it's going to take them a couple of weeks to adjust and get the chemistry and timing right, and that was to be expected when you heard the news that Josh McDaniels was going to be leaving to become the head coach of the Raiders because this is somebody who has been the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots for years so of course it was going to take a little bit of a filling out process to get adjusted to whoever the new offensive coordinator was but I do still have a lot of faith in Bill Belichick's judgment and his decision making as a head coach. I trust his decision to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator and also Joe Judge is also probably in on things as well, but... If you are a Patriots fan, I don't really think you need to freak out right now. It is still just week one. You got to relax. You got to vibe. You got to let everything play out. So we're going to revisit this week eight, week nine. Let's let let's come back to this week nine because I feel around week nine, That's where we're going to have a pretty good idea on how good this offense is. Is it good? Is it bad? Or is it average? And then we'll have a good idea of, you know, how good of a play caller Matt Patricia is. But you look at Mac Jones' performance against the Dolphins. The Dolphins do have a really good defense he had a okay performance. He was 21 to 30. He, he threw for 213 passing yards. He had a touchdown in the interception. The interception, you know, I don't really know how I feel about it because it wasn't a bad throw necessarily, in my opinion. I really just feel it was good coverage. He was trying to hit Devontae Parker um, along the right sideline in the end zone for the touchdown, but Xavier Howard made it really good playing coverage. He tipped the ball and second year safety out of Oregon. Javon Holland picked it off. But outside of that, you know, I felt like Mac Jones had an okay game. There definitely were. A couple of throws that he missed on that he definitely would love to have back. That definitely would have dramatically affected the outcome of this game. He got sacked two times. I don't think the offensive line played bad. I think they had a okay performance. He got sacked twice. But, you know, I think one of those sacks was mainly just on him. But the run game, it was kind of weird because... The way the game started, the run game was really dominant. But then in the second half, it just wasn't all that effective. And I don't know if it was because, you know, maybe they just needed to try to run the football more or if they just kind of tilted away from the run game. But Damien Harris was really on in this game and he only got nine carries And you have Raham Dre Stevenson, who also had eight carries on the day for 25 rushing yards. And he also was a little bit of a factor in the passing game as well. But I think that Damian Harris definitely needs to get more carries. And I think what kind of has limited Damian Harris snaps is because... He probably isn't the best passing option to have on the field in obvious passing situations. Definitely Rahandre Stevenson and also Montgomery probably are better options in those situations. But it's not like Damon Harris is just awful in passing situations. It's not like he has no hands at all because he did have a reception or two in... This past week's game against Miami. So I think that if you're Bill Belichick and you're Matt Patricia Joe Judge, I definitely feel like Damian Harris, you can't keep taking him off the field. You definitely have to keep him on the field more. He needs more opportunities with the ball in his hands. But overall, I just... Look at how New England's offense performed. Definitely it was disappointing from a statistical standpoint. You definitely wanted more from Mac Jones. But if you go back and you watch the game, there really just was a lot of missed throws downfield and it really was just a timing and chemistry issue i think so for new england i think within the next couple of weeks we should have a good idea of how good this offense actually is and what it's going to do this season under matt patricia at the helm at offensive coordinator but i just think it's a little bit too early to tell because from what i saw There was just, you know, some drops on the behalf of the wide receivers. Mac Jones just wasn't able to get the the ball right there in the bucket in certain instances. So it really, to me right now, just looks like it's a chemistry issue. The play calling didn't really look bad to me. You know, every head coach who calls plays or any offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator is going to have some plays that, aren't going to be the greatest in certain situations. But depending on how great of a team you have, they're going to be able to take a bad play call and turn it into a good play call and a good play call into a very good play. But every good play caller ends up missing on a couple of plays. Nobody calls a completely perfect game. But I do think that the play calling for New England definitely is getting a little bit too much heat. Because at the end of the day, I just think that Miami's defense was just better than the personnel that New England had out there when it came to their talent at corner. And on top of that, the depth that they just had on the defensive line at the end of the day. So I think for New England, they got to find who their go-to guy is at wide receiver. And they still didn't really have that last season, and we're still really trying to find the answer this season. But I'm honestly not worried yet about New England's offense. But as I said earlier, we're going to revisit this a couple of weeks, probably week eight, week nine into the season. Oftentimes in life, we come across things that aren't always black and white and when you are trying to judge baker mayfield at least for me it's hard for me to tell you if he's a good quarterback or bad quarterback because it's always a lot of bad but also a lot of good and his week one debut for the carolina panthers and their loss against the cleveland browns was definitely a lot of good but a lot of bad now in the first half of this game there definitely was a lot of bad first of all it was hard for him to get a pass uh, Over the line of scrimmage because they always kept getting batted down by the defensive line. Then on top of that, he had a hard time securing the snap. He had three total muff snaps in this game. And two of them occurred in the first quarter. So he really struggled in the first half of this game. He threw an interception in the second quarter under pressure because the Browns sent a very good blitz. But at the same time, before halftime, he led a really nice drive late in the second quarter that resulted in Chris McCaffrey scoring a touchdown that was set up by a nice pass that he threw to Ian Thomas. Now, give it, it was kind of a blown coverage on the behalf of the Cleveland Browns, but at the same time, we got to give him credit for at least making that throw because he easily could have missed that throw. And we could have easily been harping on him for missing that throw. Even though it looked easy. So, I'm going to give him credit for how he performed from late in the second quarter to the end of the game. Because I feel like late in the second quarter, that's when he kind of started to settle in. Because you got to remember, Baker Mayfield is still technically learning the Carolina Panthers offense. They traded for him a couple of months ago so he's still fairly new he's still pretty much still learning a little bit more of the offense I don't think he still has complete mastery over the playbook yet he's still trying to get the timing and chemistry down with his wide receivers the center quarterback exchange also is something that is going to improve with more repetitions and in-game action so I think for Baker Mayfield With how he performed at the end of the game, definitely is something that you have to give him a lot of credit for. And I was listening to Shannon and Skip going back and forth on this topic on Undisputed earlier today, and Shannon was like, well, Skip, if Baker Mayfield would have played good, then The Panthers would have never been in a situation when they were down and had to come back from behind. And that is true. Baker Mayfield should have played better in the first half. But at the same time, they always tell you in life, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. A good example of this is Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. So the New Orleans Saints were getting smacked around at one point by the Atlanta Falcons. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, something snapped. And Jameis Winston and the Saints, they came from behind and they won the game. And at the end of the day, Skip Bayless kind of had a point. He did step his game up when it mattered the most. And yeah, the other three quarters do matter. But i rather somebody who performs well when it's time to go win the game versus somebody who doesn't perform Well, when it's in crunch time, because there are a lot of quarterbacks who are really good for the first couple of quarters until the fourth quarter comes around. But then you have quarterbacks who aren't necessarily all that great for the first couple quarters, but then the big moments arise and then they elevate themselves. They step their game up. And you look at Baker Mayfield, I definitely feel like this was one of those instances where, yeah, he kind of struggled a little bit, But in the fourth quarter, when Carolina had opportunities to crawl back in and make this a game, they delivered. And Baker Mayfield performed really well in the fourth quarter of this game. And then on top of that, you had the 75-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. He finally had some time to throw the football because he was under a lot of pressure in this game. I mean, the defensive line... For Cleveland was really hitting home. And then rookie left tackle Akemi Kwanu. Oh my goodness, fam. He was getting worked by Miles Garrett. There was one time in this game when Akemi Kwanu got beat by Miles Garrett. Two straight plays back to back. Literally. So you just look at Carolina. When Baker had time to throw the football. Things were starting to work out for him, and that's the thing with Baker Mayfield, and that's why I can never really give anybody an answer if somebody was to ask me, JT, is Baker Mayfield a good or bad quarterback? Because he's a tweener. You see, Baker Mayfield is good when you give him the keys to the Corvette, and it has no problems with it. But if the car ends up having a little bit of some problems, or if something happens with the tire, if you are trying to ask Baker Mayfield to help change the tire or to help repair the car, then you're in trouble. Because, you see, for Baker Mayfield, for him to be an effective starting quarterback, he needs... Everything to be going right around him. He needs a good rushing attack. He needs a solid offensive line. He needs a good group of wide receivers and probably at least a average play caller. And for Baker Mayfield, he he had that in Carolina in the second half of this game. At least he did in the fourth quarter. So for Baker Mayfield, this definitely was one of those up and down Baker Mayfield-like performances. There was a lot of bad in the first half. But at the same time, there was a little bit of good in the second quarter late before halftime. And then second half, he played pretty well. So I think if I had to give Baker Mayfield's performance a letter grade, F through A, I probably would give it a C. I'll give it a C because, listen, yeah, he started out slow and things were a little rocky. But at the same time, you can't blame it all on him. The offensive line was having problems protecting him. And then at the same time, he was having problems with accuracy. And a lot of things can be fixed that I saw on Sunday in their loss to the Browns with more reputation. So I'm going to give his performance a C. I don't think it was bad, but at the same time, it wasn't great. So you guys let me know if you guys are listening to this on YouTube, what you guys think about Baker Mayfield's performance down in the comment section down below. The 49ers were upset by the Chicago Bears in their season opener 19-10. to And I'm going to talk about how Chicago put off that upset and what went wrong for the 49ers later on, on this episode of the podcast. But for this segment, I really just want to talk about Trey Lance's performance in this game, because there are many people out there who are making it seem like Trey Lance just played completely awful in this game. And I have to defend him because Trey Lance played pretty solid in this game. No, he didn't play great. But people are trying to make it out to be like Trey Lance is already a bust. Why are people trying to push this bust label on Trey Lance so hard? He hasn't even been a starter for a full season yet. Can we at least see a full year of him starting yet? before we try to label him something because what I saw against the Chicago Bears wasn't a bad performance you also got to take into account that look at the conditions that the Bears and the 49ers played in bro they were doing slip and slide celebrations at the end of the game the field was awful How was anybody expecting Trey Lance to put on a passing clinic? And if you watch the game, you would know that the Chicago Bears didn't have success throwing the football through the air neither. You see, people who are trying to label Trey Lance's week one performance a disaster are casuals. And I know people think when you use the word casual. It comes off as condescending and I don't mean it in a condescending way, but if you don't want to be labeled a casual, all you got to do is watch the highlights of the game and stop trying to judge how good somebody's performance is from the box score. Because many people, all they do is they go through the ESPN or the Bleach Report app, they go through the scores, they click on the results, and they go through the box scores and the team stats, and they try to decide how good somebody performed based off stats. Watch the actual game or just watch the highlights. I mean, it was really hard for anybody to have success in the passing game. Now... Like I mentioned earlier, Trey Lance didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have a perfect game. He definitely missed a couple of big throws. In the first quarter, he missed tight end Tyler Croft. That would have been a really big play right there. Then in the second quarter, you know, he did have a pretty good throw to Ray-Ray McLeod on a crossing route. And then in the first half, he started out 6 of 9 for 70 yards passing. That was a pretty good start considering the conditions. And for Trey Lance, I think where things started to go left for him is in the fourth quarter. Because there was a third down situation when Trey Lance ends up driving back the pass and he throws the interception to Eddie Jackson. And it was a really good play on Eddie Jackson's part. But at the same time, it was a really bad mistake on Trey Lance's part and a really crucial moment of the game. And that interception by Eddie Jackson eventually helped Chicago take a lead, which eventually helped them to win the game in the end. So also there were some plays and third down situations where Trey Lance was able to keep the drive alive using his legs. He also had some pretty good third down throws. So Trey Lance didn't have a completely bad performance. I probably would give it a C plus because it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. But I definitely think overall he played pretty well up into the fourth quarter when you really needed him to make some of those big throws and of course you got to take the conditions into consideration on top of that the 49ers did commit a good amount of penalties because i mean anytime you have 12 penalties and your opponent only has three penalties yeah you're going to have a good chance of losing the game And then on top of that, let's not forget that Trey Lentz had some pretty good drives early in this game. You know, there was two times when the 49ers got into the red zone, and Debo Samuel fumbled on one, and then he fumbled on the second, well, he fumbled on the first time they was in the red zone, and he scored a touchdown on their second trip when they got into the red zone. So, When you look at the whole entire performance from the 49ers, it wasn't really all that great. But at the same time, when you look at Trey Lance's performance overall, I don't think he played as bad as what a lot of people are trying to make it out to say or try to make it seem like because I don't think that Trey Lance played god awful. I think he played pretty well considering the conditions. And this reminds me of a time when Stephen A. Smith was on first take, and he was criticizing Baker Mayfield for the performance that he had against the Cleveland Browns. But yeah, you can tell he didn't watch the game because the conditions were, what, 40 mile per hour wind gust, and it was like rain pouring down, but yet he expected Baker Mayfield to look like Tom Brady just dissecting the defense in some of the worst weather possible to play football in, but... You know, I just feel like too many people are just so quick to pass judgment based off what they see week one. Trust Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a really good play caller. Trust me. He's going to put Trey Lance in situations to succeed. And on top of that, they took a huge gamble. Jimmy Garoppolo's still there. Literally, you had no reason to bitch Jimmy Garoppolo necessarily. Because, I mean, you can't say he played bad because he got you to the NFC Championship game. So you start Trey Lance and you pretty much say, hey, even though Jimmy Garoppolo's still here, we promise that it's your job now. So for Kyle Shannon and, you know, their general manager, John Lynch, they need Trey Lance to succeed because if Trey Lance fails, it makes them look really bad. And then it makes for a really awkward situation. Because what if you got to put Jimmy Garoppolo back in there? So you just have to be patient. It's week one. Everybody's thinking that Trey Lance is going to be the 49ers version of what Patrick Mahomes was for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, things kind of have started off a little bit rocky. Things aren't going as smooth as what they went with Patch Mahomes. Because when Patch Mahomes first became the starting quarterback for Kansas City, shoot the transition from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes was seamless. And Patch Mahomes just completely dominated from start to finish. So when you look at Trey Lance, things do look a little rocky, but I think within the next couple of weeks, or over at least the first four games, Trey Lance is going to get better and he's going to start to heat up. Because I definitely do trust the play calling of Kyle Shanahan. And I definitely did see a lot of good in his week one regular season debut against the Chicago Bears. I definitely think there was way more good than there was bad than what a lot of people may think. But let me know how you guys feel about Trey Lance week one performance against the Chicago Bears. Because I don't think... 49ers fans or anybody on San Francisco's coaching staff should be concerned about how he performed the week one I think he played pretty well and it's only week one no time to panic there's still way 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 a lot it's just a lot of football to be played so give it some time and let's just be patient before we start trying to label him a bust the san francisco 49ers versus the chicago bears did you know that only eight percent of people picked the chicago bears to win this game on espn's nfl's Pick 'Em challenge did you also know that the san francisco 49ers were a seven point favorite going into this game yet the chicago bears upset the 49ers 19 to 10 You might be wondering, JT, how did this happen? That's why I watch the games, so I can break them down for you, so you don't have to watch them. Go look at the box score and go to team stats. When you look down, you're going to see the penalty department. The Chicago Bears had three penalties for 24 yards in this game. Meanwhile, the 49ers, on the other hand, they had 12 penalties for 99 yards. Go to the turnover department. The 49ers had two turnovers. The Chicago Bears only had one. And you see, those are the two biggest things to any upset. Anytime you see a team that's an underdog winning in the turnover and penalty department, 8 times out of 10, they're going to be in a good position to pull off a upset. And then, when you look at how this game played out in the first half, it really felt like even though this was a low-scoring game, the 49ers were still getting the upper hand on the Chicago Bears. Because Chicago's offensive line did not play good for pretty much the whole entire game up into the critical parts of the fourth quarter but the 49ers defensive line looked really good in this game and honestly you can say that the reason why the Chicago Bears mainly won this game was because of Justin Fields playmaking ability you know Justin Fields It wasn't until midway through the third quarter where the Chicago Bears were finally able to complete a pass to a wide receiver. And this was on Justin Fields' fifth attempt. But you know, this was big because this occurred when he ended up hitting Deontay Pettis for a 51 yard touchdown. This was on third and nine. He ends up running away from a San Francisco 49er defender. Throws across his body, hits Deontay Pettis, and he takes it 51 yards to the crib. It was an insane play. And this game was ugly because this was played in ugly conditions. They were literally doing slip and slide celebrations at the end of this game. Like, there were puddles. It was a really, really messy game. So, of course, this was going to be... A sloppy game and neither quarterback played well from a statistical standpoint but justin fields really was the mvp of this game because if it wasn't for him and his playmaking ability chicago probably would have lost this game and might have only put three points up on the board honestly Like, Justin Fields, what he did to put Chicago in position to win this game was insane. When you think about how his offensive line performed. Because the stat sheet only shows that they gave up two sacks. But honestly, they probably should have given up way more. But because of what Justin Fields is able to do when it comes to his ability to improvise, he was able to keep plays alive and... His legs, and you look at how he runs, he kind of has a similar style to Jalen Hurts. It's like he doesn't run away from contact, he can run through you if he needs to. So, you look at how his performance translated to the Chicago Bears pulling off the upset, it was huge. And Chicago's defense played really good as well, especially inside of the red zone. The 49ers turned the football over way too many times. And one of those turnovers occurred in the red zone. It was really early in the game. You had Debo Samuel who fumbled the football. You can't have that. And every time San Francisco went to the red zone, it seemed like they struggled to find a way to punch the ball into the end zone. They had three trips, two out of three, resulted in 10 points and one of them resulted in a takeaway meanwhile you look at Chicago I mean they've found the way in the second half to sustain a little bit of offense and that's what happens when you allow teams like Chicago to hang around and on top of that you have to give a round of applause to you know, Matt Eberflus getting his first ever win in the season opener for the Bears because not too many people expected Chicago to win this game. Now, also, you know, the field conditions probably played a role as well, but Chicago won this game despite not playing really good football. And the conditions were ugly, but let's not forget that The 49ers outgained the Chicago Bears in total yardage. They also outgained the Chicago Bears in rushing yards, 176 to 99. But yet, their defense produced big turnovers and big moments. They got big stops, which helped their offense. And eventually, their offense ended up finding ways to put points up on the board. So, props to how Chicago's defense played. There were a lot of big stars on the defense in this game. Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Britsker, rookie safety out of Penn State. He was really good. Raquan Smith. So let me know how you guys feel about this game down in the comment section down below because from a 49ers fan's perspective, you gotta be feeling a little bit upset with how the whole entire offense performed but at the same time you know on defense you had way too many penalties so i appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the jt sports podcast make sure that you check out the podcast on every single podcasting platform wherever you get your podcast from apple Podcasts, google spotify Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. And I will see you guys with another episode shortly.